What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth. I'm your host. And on today's wellness-focused episode, I have on Riva G, who is known as a yoga, Pilates, and mobility teacher and is also the founder of the new wellness app called Renew with Riva. So a little bit about our guest today. She fell in love with yoga after walking into her first class over 18 years ago. Her desire to share this passion led her to become a certified yoga and Pilates teacher and a contributor to health and wellness publications, both as a writer and model. By combining her passion and creativity, Riva is dedicated to capturing unique and memorable images through the beauty of yoga. Riva has been featured in Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Shape, Daily Burn, Yoga Journal, and has regularly contributed to Yoga Magazine, Huffington Post, and numerous other publications. In addition to her creative work, Riva enjoys teaching customized yoga, Pilates, and mobility classes to her private clients. She lives near NYC with her husband, three kids, and their rescue dog, Winnie. So quick backstory, I actually met Riva at her wellness event for the launch and celebration of her wellness app, Renew with Riva. And it was so fun because as I was talking to her and like meeting everyone and just really enjoying this wellness environment because I feel like I'm often split in various groups here, especially in New York. I definitely have my own wellness practice, mindful living community. And then I also am a little bit into fashion and style. And then of course the entrepreneur world. So it really is awesome to be able to connect with people who also have that practice and really put a focus on that in their life. But in talking with Riva, I actually discovered that before yoga and going into this full time, she actually was in engineering of sorts and she definitely touches on that in this episode. But I was fascinated by just how different her prior career was and her initial journey into the adult life, you could say. And so, of course, my brain naturally was like, wait, I think this would be a fun conversation on the podcast. And I just really think this is an amazing, wholesome conversation. So without further ado, let's welcome Riva to the podcast. Well, Riva, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm very excited because I love talking about wellness. And I'm a huge practitioner in mindfulness and yoga. And to be honest, it's not like the biggest topic I talk about because I feel like it is a topic that I enjoy talking about with someone that actually has expertise in it and actually practices it more than I do. So (laughs) I'm really excited to chat about it. But why don't you do like a quick intro of yourself and then we'll dive right in. Okay. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Riva. I'm a certified yoga, Pilates, and mobility instructor um, who has come to the wellness space sort of, uh, I guess, by accident. I was originally working as a software developer 
And just through my own journey of healing myself, I decided to kind of switch from the corporate career and move into wellness. And um, I didn't really take the straight path. It was a very yeah. much a zigzag path. And it actually kind of happened uh, a little bit through social media as well. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to give yoga a try? Because I know when we met at your event, mm -hmm. you mentioned how you were, yeah, and we'll dive into that too, like what you were doing career-wise yeah. prior to switching to wellness. But what was it that made you decide to give it a try outside of just like the regular gym? Yeah, totally. So actually, I was at the regular gym. Yeah. And um, I had just finished my workout. Um, I wasn't like huge, huge gym person, but I mm -hmm. really enjoyed it. It balanced out uh, my life. I was sitting at the desk a lot, you know, doing computer programming. Mm -hmm. uh, I was using, you know, the mouse a lot, experiencing some carpal tunnel syndrome, mm. you know, tingling and numbness in my wrist, my shoulder. Ooh. And I had just had my daughter. She was a few months old. And uh, so I was starting to experience a little bit of lower back pain from carrying her around and mm -hmm. residual from my pregnancy. So I, I wasn't feeling great. And I just remember thinking to myself, I'm really too young to be feeling this way. Like I have all these aches and pains and discomfort. Like I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to feel this way mm -hmm. at your age. And I was at the gym. I was just kind of doing probably a, a more generic workout, mm -hmm. maybe like treadmill or you know, one of uh, these machines. And on my way down to the locker room to change, I passed by their yoga studio. I saw a class that was in progress and they were doing some stretching. And I thought to myself, oh, that just looks like it feels good. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. just going to walk in. Um, obviously, I didn't really know the etiquette about not walking in in the middle of class. So <laughs> the middle of yoga. <laughs> now I'm like, oh gosh, I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have waited to the next class. But I walked in, I unrolled a mat, and I took, you know, the second half of the class. And I, I couldn't even tell you if you had asked me, you know, what what did you just do? I probably couldn't have answered. I didn't really understand what happened. I just knew that I felt really good. Mm. For the first time, I felt like a, a release of, of tightness and stiffness and pain. Mm. And it wasn't like we had done anything super intense or deep. It was just probably for the first time in my life, being able to slow down and mm -hmm. just focus on my breathing, um, stretching my body in ways that I probably hadn't. And I felt really good after that. So I decided to um, kind of sync my workouts at the gym mm. with this yoga class. It was very much a, a beginner's yoga class. And so I would go upstairs and do like that workout where I felt like I was sweating and mm. doing something right, right. that I f would feel the next day. But then I would finish off with this really relaxing yoga class that taught me to kind of slow down, uh, tune inward a little bit, mm -hmm. and just sort of let things open up and, and release. And, and that was just kind of game changing for me. Okay, so before we dive into how you transitioned into actually taking that on full time and turning it into your career. Yeah. Elaborate a little bit like what your career looked like, you know, like, what was your day job during that time? And kind of what did you initially think you were going to do? Because I know we kind of talked about that a little bit at your event too. And I was yeah. like, wait, this is a fun story. I want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. So growing up, I was kind of like, I guess you could call me a bit of a geek. Mm -hmm. I just, I guess math and science is what kind of um, interested me. I, I did well in it. Yeah. And when I was nine years old, my dad, who was definitely a big inspiration, um, 
and someone who encouraged me to kind of follow that path, he taught me um, Morse code. Oh, and wow. yeah, I took my ham radio test when I was nine years old. I ended up getting to like the third, there's five levels. I ended up uh, testing uh, up to the third and, and passing it. Uh huh. So I was this nine year old girl in a room full of probably a lot of older men who would who were ham radio operators. Yeah. And they all kind of looked at me like, what are you doing here? Right. Um, and I passed my test. Not everyone in that room is passing their test. I oh, you have wow. to wear these headphones and listen to Morse code at a certain uh, number of words per minute. Right. And you have to be able to translate it and write down what they're saying. Yeah. So my dad, he, um, yeah, he really taught me all of that. And, and it That's definitely. <laughs> oh, wait, that is so cool. I'm sorry. I'm such a nerd for like women yeah. doing things that are, that are not conventional <laughs> because not. it yeah. just puts you a leg up on different times in life. And yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate. <laughs> it, did. It, it was it was funny. And, and I'm mentioning it because it really did shape the, the earlier path I took in my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because of my young age, I think at the time I was the youngest girl to get uh, her ham radio license at that level oh, in wow. the U.S. So there was like a local paper oh, that cool. put me, you know, published me. And, yeah. and I think what it did was it kind of uh, instilled this thought in my head that I was going to take this career path of something with technology. Mm. Uh, because then every year after that, we had our annual science fair at school. Mm -hmm. And again, my dad was very much um, kind of guiding me and giving me ideas about what to, you know, do my projects on. Yeah. And I had some, <laughs> I mean, real geeky ones. There yeah. was like, let's see, transistor, transistor, logic versus complementary metal oxide semiconductor oh, was wow. one of them. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And looking back at it, I, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, that was a bit much. But mm -hmm. but at the same time, it, um, it was fun. And um, it did guide me to ultimately my major in school, which mm -hmm. started out as electrical engineering. Okay. Um, one of the classes I had to take was a computer science uh, programming class. Mm. And I actually loved it so much, I ended up switching my major and majoring in uh, computer programming. Wow. Um, that led me to... My is that, sorry, quick yeah. is that um, like where they use like Python and things? Am I, I'm sorry, I don't like know a lot in it. You mean like language, which languages? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the time it was like C++. And okay, yes, yeah. yes. And um, I was using some... Uh, kind of an old language that is okay. definitely not used in the U.S. anymore, but um, object-oriented. That led me to getting my degree um, in science, in computer science, mm -hmm. with a minor in math, mm -hmm. and ultimately working as a software developer. Mm. Now, at the time, I mean, definitely dating myself, but there were not a lot of women who were who were doing that. So a lot yeah. of the classes I, were ta I was taking, I was either one of two or maybe mm -hmm. the only, you know, females in the class. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it definitely, I guess it, it, it definitely made me feel, you know, like a little bit different, Yeah, you know, cause even in the work, the workspace, when I first started, right. um, I was the only programmer in the company and yeah. it was a smaller company and ultimately they did hire more females, but, but at the time it was not super common. I have a question. Yeah. Even though that probably makes you feel awkward or maybe left out to some degree, yeah. did it also at any point make you feel like badass in any way? Because <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm the only girl or only woman here that's like like that. I'm just curious, like, yeah. what how you reframe that? Because, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's just a me thing. But mm -hmm. in my mind, while, yes, I would know, okay, I feel a little bit 
not part of them, but also yeah. there's like this special value to me because I'm the only female doing this. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I think, I guess on some level, maybe it wasn't the overwhelming feeling. For okay. me, it was more like I kind of almost felt like I always had to prove myself. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And so that... Um, I didn't want them to treat me differently because, you know, I was female mm-hmm. uh, or because, um, you know, like there were a lot of we were, we were on call a lot uh, at night even. Mm. And so I didn't want them to be like, oh, well, she can't be on call because, you know, she's a girl. So I would take mm. those night shifts even and and just sort of go above and beyond. So right. Um, maybe every so often here and there, if I was mentioning it to someone, what I did and they were impressed, it yeah. made me feel a little badass. But okay. I think okay. from day to day, it was kind of the opposite and Got it. always feeling like, okay, you know, I have to really show my value and, and show that I can be just as good or maybe even better mm-hmm. uh, developer than some of my male counterparts. Yeah. So at what point did you, cause I know, yeah. um, you probably had some, years uh, with yoga and Pilates and then getting your certification and all of that. So at what point did you realize I want to take this Mm -hmm. full time and go into wellness and shift from, you know, uh, I guess, computer engineering and software, all of that Mm -hmm. to wellness and something that's actually starkly different. Yeah, very total 180. (laughs) Definitely different. And um, it was a really organic, a kind of a slow and organic process. So I think a lot of the things in my life, um, I don't do these super sharp angles. I Mm -hmm. kind of take it slow and feel my way. And I kind of like to listen to observe, you know, signs from the universe, I call it little Mm -hmm. things that sort of are guiding me and sit back and and see what happens. And so that's kind of what happened with this as well. I was working for, um, it started out as a smaller company. I was Mm -hmm. living in Chicago at the time. Mm. I ended up uh, meeting my you know, my husband and he mm-hmm. moved to Chicago for a little bit. And um, then we moved to New York and I had already been with this company for a while. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I would love to continue working for you. I can do this virtually. Mm-hmm. And now at the now everything is virtual. But right. At the time. I mean, this was pretty unheard of. It was. Yes. It was not really happening. Yeah. And so I, I took a gamble I was hoping that I'd proven my value mm. at that point and they mm. were going to, you know, kind of go with it. And they did. And they said, yeah, we love what you're doing. We feel you're really valuable. We're happy to have you work remotely um, for, you know, most of the year. And we mm-hmm. just want you to kind of come in here and there to, yeah. you know, stay connected with us and yes. maybe work from the office, you know, for a few days every month. Yeah. And so I was flying back and forth. Now, at the time, um, I had my daughter. She was she was a baby, and it was definitely a juggle. I mm-hmm. mean, definitely a juggle. You know, at this point is really probably when I had started that first yoga class I was mm. telling you about earlier, and I really needed that balance in my life. Mm-hmm. And so it came at a time where I truly needed it. Mm. Um, I was doing this traveling. I was working, you know, 
at my computer sitting there all day, definitely feeling it physically. I was tired. I was emotionally, you know, drained from, yeah. from trying to find it all, being a wife, a mom, and just kind of, you know, also navigating my way. I was pretty young. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of still finding myself, too. Mm-hmm. So Do you mind if I ask how old you were? Yeah, I was like 24. Plot. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually the age of like a lot of listeners. Yeah. Okay. So I was 24. And um, I honestly, like a lot of my life at that point, um, I didn't really do much reflecting or thinking or planning. Mm-hmm. Even my getting pregnant was kind of an I don't want to say an accident, but it was a surprise. It was right. a happy surprise. Right, right. Um, and so I just kind of spent a lot of life just doing stuff without really thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And of course, looking back, I could see why I felt the way I did. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yoga really came at a time where I needed it. And yeah. it, it did teach me how to kind of reflect in word and kind of think about things before yeah. <laughs> doing them. So at the time, I wasn't really looking for a career change, mm-hmm. um, but I was really enjoying this yoga practice. Now, you know, fast forward uh, maybe a, a year or two, I would say that I was definitely gaining more interest Mm -hmm. in yoga and Mm -hmm. in my practice. And I was looking to deepen it and I wasn't sure how. And ultimately, um, I decided to get certified, Mm -hmm. not really to teach because I was so busy with my my full time job. Mm -hmm. I was able to really work from home most of the year. Mm -hmm. And I had a, you know, a, a decent paycheck. I had all of the uh, healthcare, the things that you kind of need when you're yeah. young and you have a child you're yes. taking care of. So yes. I wasn't really ready to walk away from that. Mm-hmm. I just had too much responsibility there to do that. But I wanted to deepen my own practice. Mm. So at the time, I was also just tiptoeing into Pilates. Mm-hmm. I had taken some classes again at my gym with a great teacher, and he also recommended I get certified. I think he wanted me to end up working for him as a teacher. He mm-hmm. was opening up his own studio. Uh, so I ended up getting certified yoga and Pilates. But at the time, it was not my intention to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it. I was also enjoying dragging some friends and family to yoga classes with me. Mm-hmm. I just kind of wanted to share yeah. this incredible practice that had transformed you know, my, my body, my way of thinking, mm-hmm. my mind with anyone I knew. I wanted them to experience that same feeling. Right. And so I remember dragging my mom to a yoga class and she's like, well, that was nice, honey, but I don't, I don't think she ever came back with me again. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just, it, it, it isn't for everyone. And That's I, true. You know, I started understanding that just mm-hmm. because I was getting something out of it doesn't mean everyone else is going to feel the same way. Yes. She just enjoyed a different type of workout and mm-hmm. I respected that. But it didn't stop me from trying to get other people to come with me. I started taking on a few private clients at that time. And I learned a lot from that Mm -hmm. early experience about teaching, which was that teaching is not the same as practicing. Yes. Number one. Number two is when you take something you're passionate about and you turn it into something that you're um, making money off of, like Mm -hmm. your career, it it doesn't feel the same as when you're doing it for yourself for yes. fun. Yes. Big, big lessons here. Yes. I also learned that people, sadly, don't always respect your time as a teacher, as a yoga or Pilates or an, an instructor. There was definitely a lot of last minute cancellation and people who mm. were always asking for a discount. And, oh. and so I felt like, you know, I'm 
pretty respected in my other job. So, right. so you know, like I don't think becoming a full-time teacher is for me because I kind of saw all of these elements, how, you know, it was maybe not the best use of my time, mm-hmm. but also I didn't feel like there was a respect there. And I felt... Um, perhaps it was even going to drain me of my own passion for my own practice. Mm. So what I did was I actually did keep a couple private clients who I had a really great connection with Mm -hmm. and I felt like who really did respect my time. But I never went into full-time studio teaching day in and day out Mm. um, just because I honestly felt like my own practice was too sacred to really um, potentially feel burnt out as Mm. a teacher. So I was teaching um, a lot privately Mm. over the years, um, but never full-time studio teacher at that time. So fast forward a few years and um, Instagram comes around. Yeah. And um, I had a lot of people asking if I was on Instagram. And I remember at the time um, thinking I really did not love Facebook. Right. So I kept telling everyone, I, you know, I don't really want to be on another social media platform. Facebook is, I don't even like that. I'm not even on there anymore. Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, no, no. Instagram is really different. You got to do it. There's lots of, lots of photos and Mm -hmm. it's really fun. I ultimately got convinced. I joined Instagram. I started an account and, um, I started uploading some yoga photos Mm -hmm. and, to be honest, it was really just a lot of fun. I kind of felt like I found my group of people. Mm-hmm. You know, after all these years of kind of working as, you know, first off the only female in school and then at work and then kind of working from home and being a little more isolated in that aspect, I felt like I had found my group of people. Mm-hmm. And even though it was virtual, I just felt like I got them and they got me. Like we were you know, kind of getting really excited about different variations or modifications of yoga postures. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was just great. It just yeah. felt so nice. Honestly, that's when I started uploading photos, mm-hmm. just, you know, just for fun on, just for on fun. Instagram. And my account kind of really grew or- organically at that point. Mm. Um, after so this was like maybe 2015, 2014? So it, no, it was a bit later. I, okay. I really kind of held off on getting onto social media onto onto Instagram yeah. for a few years. It was probably closer to like 2017. Okay. I'm okay. Thinking. Yeah. And that was a good year to, yeah. to be on there and like Yeah. Start, like, I wasn't one of the first ones. Yeah. I definitely at, you know at realize I probably should have been, but mm-hmm. um no, I, I definitely wasn't there on the early early years. But yeah, it it, it ended up growing really organically. Now, mm-hmm. while this was going on, um, on Instagram, in my in my job, things were kind of moving in the opposite direction. Mm. The company I was working for ended up getting bought out by mm. a number of other companies. It started with a larger company based in Denver. So instead okay. of flying to Chicago and staying with my family mm. once every four to six weeks, all of a sudden I had to fly to Denver, and you know it was it was very different mm. experience and then from there that company ended up getting bought out by an even larger company and then that happened another time oh and you were so there along I was every there this okay. whole every step of the way and by the time i would say my instagram following had started growing i had already been through this process this transition process so many times that 
I was filling out maybe like three time cards Hmm. every Friday for each of these kind of merges for Mm -hmm. each company. And I had to categorize every hour of my workday in three different ways for each of these companies. Mm. So I was filling out like three time cards every hour of my work week, trying to remember exactly what I was working on and placing it in the right category for each company because, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. This is this was what they had set up. I also wasn't known as like really a name anymore. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like this employee number. If I ever mm. had any problems, I had to call a number, a hotline. Things were getting more impersonal. I was kind of like one of a few hundred thousand mm-hmm. employees. It was a really large company. Um, I guess. I mean, I could talk. I could talk about it now. But it was with uh, Sony Ericsson, mm. and before that, it was with AT and T, and before that, it was with Cricket Wireless. Okay. So it was in the yeah telecommunications industry, mm-hmm. and um, it just went from kind of like smaller to larger to larger to larger. They were kind of saying, you know, well, we love what you've been doing, but we would love for you to come and start working in one of our offices, mm. like you know, in person. Yeah. Now, this was already kind of like a shock to me because I got I'd already gotten pretty comfortable working from home. Right. At that point, I had um, my twin boys. Mm-hmm. So I was a mom, you know, a mom of three juggling, you know, everything. And it was it would have been tough to transition back to an office full time. Yeah. And the nearest office was like 45 minutes away. Mm. So I remember thinking to myself, wow, I just, I don't even know what to do. This is, my heart's not really in it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I'm making any uh, great changes for this company. I'm just like an employee number who has to fill out these endless time cards every Friday. I mean, it would take me like two hours just to figure out what I was doing for each of them. And um, I remember thinking to myself, like, universe, I really need a sign right now. You know, Mm -hmm. what should I do? Because I, on the one hand... Um, it served me well. It's done. It's provided for for me and my family when I needed it. I was able mm-hmm. to have the luxury of working from home when my kids were were really young. But it's not really serving me anymore. My passion isn't there. At the same time, I have this kind of like budding Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Now, at the time, I wasn't super familiar with how to really monetize on social media. It was um, so. I mean, this was definitely after 2017. I'd been on there for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I, I hadn't really done that research, but I could sense that there was potential. And I felt like I just had to figure out how to take this passion of mine and turn it into a way to, um, you know, pour my energy into and and hope that it would, you know, be enough to, to support me mm-hmm. in the way that my current job was. So I remember talking to my husband about it and saying, what do you think if I make this transition? I don't know if I'm going to be making any money whatsoever, but I feel like I'm really excited about it. Mm. I could be sharing something that I authentically love. I'm authentically passionate about. I feel like I have a lot to offer and there's a community there. I already feel like I'm a part of, and I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I, I'm going to find a way to make it work. Yeah. And he was so supportive. He said, you know, go for it, Mm -hmm. do it. I'm here. Yeah. And uh, we'll make it work. At what point did you start to see like your following really have an increase? And do you attribute it to any like specific piece of content that you were sharing? Or was it just kind of like good timing of, you know, being 
on social media prior to it getting harder i think i, I would say like after 2020 like yeah. organic growth yeah. really sunk and you know every creator knows that now. absolutely absolutely <laughs> so yeah i mean i was definitely lucky enough to kind of get in to the whole instagram game before that happened that whole mm -hmm. um that whole switch over to Facebook where yeah. things really started changing yeah. mm -hmm. drastically. Mm -hmm. uh, so in the beginning, there was a lot of really easy organic growth. Yeah. I mean, it was really easy. I, I could pretty much just snap a basic pic picture on my phone, low mm -hmm. resolution, and, and just sort of like throw it on to Instagram and yeah. gain a bunch of followers. Right. It was right. really easy back then. Yeah. Um, but, but, I remember I, I got a comment once from a follower saying, you know, your photos look washed out or, or something like mm. or, I don't remember what they said. And I remember thinking, OK, that's not going to happen anymore. And it kind of inspired me to explore the photography side of things and get okay. a little bit better on that end. Yeah. And I have uh, a really good friend. He's one of my best friends who's a photographer. And I used to hire him all the time for a lot of the, you know, creation and the campaigns we worked on. Mm -hmm. And he ended up teaching me a lot. Mm. So I was able to really um, do a lot of my own photography when he wasn't around or when I wasn't able to hire someone else. Mm-hmm. So I got really good at bringing my camera with me, having a self-timer, setting mm -hmm. it up, finding the angle I, I liked and finding really cool locations, thinking of which pose would work best there and and just creating really fun content. Now, things started leveling out for sure during that first Facebook acquisition of Instagram. So there was already mm -hmm. kind of like a change there. And I think a lot of people were starting to... Um, get in on the whole Instagram game and and there yeah. was definitely a big increase in mm -hmm. other creators in in the yoga and the health and wellness space. Yeah. So once you have, you know, that increase, there's already you have to make yourself stand out a little mm -hmm. bit more. And I I think what what um what also really changed as far as like sharing on social media for me was in the very beginning there was this thought that I had to kind of be serious all the time and and share inspiring quotes from famous people. And that was like the early days of, of you know, sharing on Instagram. And it wasn't too long after where I said, you know what, I'm just going to let a little bit of my super cheesy and geeky personality shine through. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to share it like, you know, I can't keep sharing these quotes anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, couldn't do it. So it actually just really resonated with people. I think people liked seeing the silly side, cheeky side, mm -hmm. uh, creative side. And I think that really helps also um, get my Instagram to grow really organically. Just being myself, that was game changing. And it felt really nice too, because I felt like, all right, you guys are really getting me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is it. Like, yeah. you know, I can't hide behind a relaxing, calming quote. And I think that's what people love just in general, too. You know, that's why I, I try to do with this show is, mm -hmm. you know, I, it's I want it to be as close to reality of who I am and, and what it's about as much as possible, because we see, especially over, I think, the past five years, it's a lot of stageness and a lot of performance and a lot of uh, perfection. Mm -hmm. And while it's visually nice to see, I think more so everyday people are looking for 
okay, like, could I see myself doing that too? Mm -hmm. Could I see myself in that position too? And that's just more humanizing, resonating, you know? So I I personally always love when I see that too. It's like, oh, I'm like, I have a little bit of her personality or like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Because that's just who we are. Like, I think to hide and try to pretend like we're, we're kind of staying PG is like a little boring, you know? Yes, it's a little risky when you're putting yourself out there in a different way. But at the same time, that's how you find your crew faster. It's true. It's true. (laughs) I, I think, you know, in the beginning, there was this thought of like, you have to be a certain way if you're a yogi. Mm. And I think it still exists out there. Mm. But as soon as I started to let go of that belief Mm -hmm. and just start sharing whatever was on my mind or, um, you know, sharing those cheesy puns or even I'd I'd share a lot of bloopers and me falling on my face. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would make me laugh. And I was like, well, if it makes me laugh, I'm sure someone else will find it funny too. It really did make a big difference. I felt that connection with, um, you know, a lot of my followers and they would start sharing stories of themselves Mm. in similar situations. And then I felt like I got to know them a little bit. And I love that because it's kind of, you know, mostly one way of me sharing, but when it becomes two way, then it's, it's really incredible. You feel that connection with, Mm -hmm. with everyone on both sides of the screen. Like we're both humans. We're both here. Yeah. You know, we're inspiring each other. It's not just this performance Mm -hmm. here. I want to touch a little bit on personal development because Mm -hmm. I know you mentioned that that's something you kind of developed a little bit later on. And especially as you got into yoga and wellness and just a little bit of that self-care aspect. Yeah. I guess maybe looking back to your late 20s, early 30s, what would you say are maybe some things that you would have done differently on like the personal development aspect or like just taking yourself care of yourself as a woman as a young woman yeah or maybe that you are and or that you're glad that you did back then for yourself yeah it's a great question you know I think that this whole concept of self-care self-love it's relatively new like I Mm -hmm. don't remember reading about it or hearing about it when I was a new mom Mm. and so thinking that you have to constantly constantly give and give and give I mean it it makes you a, a good mom in one hand, mm-hmm. but it, it it's exhausting and it's draining. And yeah. um, I think if I had been told that message or if I had seen it more, or heard it more, like, you know, it's okay to put yourself first sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been kind of just this like big weight lifted off my chest of like, okay, it's okay for me to also um, invest a little time in myself. Mm-hmm. And I I did ultimately kind of figure that out when my mm-hmm. kids were starting to get a little bit older. Um, but it wasn't because I had been seeing that message everywhere on social media. Mm-hmm. It was really because you just sort of I kind of accidentally realized like I had gone out with friends one night and I got back and I was like, wow, that was really nice just mm-hmm. to get out again with friends, not have, you know, the kids on my mind for like a couple hours. And I remember, you know, talking to my husband, he's like, well, do it again. You know, yeah. he didn't, he never told me to, you know, he never held me back in that way at all. Um, so, so that was kind of eye opening and and I love that that message is out there a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish that I had seen it at a younger age. Um, on the other hand, you know, things that I I had developed on my own, I think was, you know, visualization. The power of visualization was is something that you're going to come across a lot 
in the wellness sphere, like they talk about manifesting. And a lot of it is really just starting with this thought in your mind. Well, it's not going to happen outside of your mind if it doesn't start in your mind first. Mm -hmm. So visualizing is a really powerful component um, in creating, in having things happen. I think I've always been really visual, so that came naturally to me. And so that's something that I would share with more people, mm. you know, if I if I could, if given the opportunity, I would say, start with this visual, you know, and it can be whether it's you want to have something happen in your, your personal life, in your career, or even in your yoga practice. Before I try out a new pose, I really visualize it in my head. This mm -hmm. is what my body's going to do. I even try to visualize how it will feel in different muscles. So I think visualization is something um, people might not know about as much as they should and it's such a powerful tool would you say that's something you wish you if, would you have wish you had done that more like back then in in any part of your life so that was something that I think was always an innate character mm. trait of mine uh, because I'm so visual things would have to process in my brain first mm. as a as a visual mm. so I've always been kind of good with that but it was subconscious. It was happening on its own without me realizing. Mm. If I had been given the skills to consciously do that, yeah. I think I would have been able to, you know, been an even more powerful yeah. <laughs> visualizer. So yeah, I, I definitely wish that had been um, verbalized to mm -hmm. me earlier on. And it's something that I talk about and um, I share because it, for me, it's game, game changing. Yeah, Whether it's getting something done like creating this app that I just launched, mm -hmm. it all started with this visual of, well, what do I want to put out there? Mm -hmm. How is this going to look? What purpose is it going to serve? Mm -hmm. And um, it, it goes across again, like to my yoga practice, if I'm on the mat, okay, how is this transition going to happen? What is my body going to do? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, it could be something as simple as making dinner. I'm visualizing myself just, you know, going to the supermarket picking out what I want for dinner and it's going to happen. Mm. Sometimes you need that yeah. little inspiration, that visualization just for the regular things day to day. Mm -hmm. So I, for me, that's really powerful. You know, I don't know if everyone um, is so visual, but if that will help even one person to, you know, get something done, I want to share that. What about dating and relationships <laughs> it sounds like you met your now husband pretty early on because you said yeah. you had your first your first child yeah. at 24 yeah okay so it sounds like you maybe met him a little bit before that I did I did so I met him uh quite accidentally a lot of things in my early life happened very much by accident mm -hmm. um I was at a friend's um actually her engagement party we we were like 20 years old. She was one of my first friends that got engaged. Mm. And I met this girl there who ended up becoming a really good friend of mine. And her older brother is who I ended up Aww. marrying. <laughs> and um, it was it was definitely nothing was planned. I just really felt connected to her and her family. It was the same like energy level as mm -hmm. where, you know, I was coming from with my family. It just felt familiar and comfortable mm -hmm. from the get-go. Mm. And at that age, you know, again, without me, like, thinking about anything um, all that deeply, it just, it felt right. Mm. Obviously, that's really simplistic of me now. But, yeah. but um, 
I don't know. I, I still believe that how things feel for me are probably the best gauge. I'm very much into the tuning in and, and noticing how things feel. So, you know, that saying where um, some people say, when you know, you know. Yeah. Would you say that applied when you when yes. you met him or was it like in the process? It, it wasn't the first time I met him because okay. I, I didn't know like everything. I remember I had just moved to New York and I was meeting a lot of people. So right. I was a bit overwhelmed mm -hmm. socially. Um, I knew we didn't even start dating right away. It, mm -hmm. it, I didn't want it to be awkward. Like I remember I was really good friends with his sister. Right. And um, that was like, you know, a little sticky because how do you go from. Totally. Totally. <laughs> you know, dating your good friend's brother. What if yeah. it doesn't work out? Right. So I remember right. that was, you know, by the time we ended up seeing each other, like we knew each other, our families, you know, I mean, I knew his family really well. Yeah. Now, that being said, I remember, you know, early on we had been dating and, um, I would have these very strong dreams. I still do. My dreams are very, mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes strange, yeah. uh, but very, very powerful dreams. Mm -hmm. And I remember in one of my dreams thinking that I'm dating someone and I started having a panic attack that I was going to get married to them. I was like having a panic attack. I didn't mm. know who I was dating. And I started waking up. And when I realized who it was that I was dating and probably going to get engaged to, I had the most, the strongest sense of calm come over me, like this peaceful feeling, like knowing it felt right. It was the most powerful feeling ever. Uh -huh. And so that to me was this, uh, it just was a signal to me from the universe, okay. I guess. That and you were dating him at that time? We were dating at okay. the time. Okay. So when I sort of came to in my subconscious and realized, realizing this dream came from somewhere, you know, I was probably terrified of like, moving into this more serious aspect of the relationship. Uh -huh. But then when I started um, coming to and and remembering who it was that I was in this relationship with, yeah, there was only pure, like positive emotion. Like, like did you feel calm and grounded? The most calm and grounded I ever felt in yeah. my life. Like yeah. he really brings brought that to the table because I'm not, mm. I'm probably the I don't think I'm naturally that grounded. Mm -hmm. I am grounded, but I'm also very flighty. Like I, my brain yeah. just kind of wants to wander around and mm -hmm. I get very carried away in my own head mm -hmm. with thoughts and ideas. And he's, I call him my rock. He's very grounding. So very much so that feeling was of feeling of calm and grounded, but so powerful yeah. that I knew there was no mistake happening like this mm. this was the right thing mm. it was probably one of the reasons why we ended up getting married like I for me I, I I don't know I I had to feel something like that yeah and I'm glad you say that because I think you know today's dating world is so weird and complicated <laughs> yeah. and for me personally like yeah. you know I just turned 26 and I think about how I'm more of an old school girl when it comes yeah. to dating. I'm not an apps person. Mm -hmm. I've always met people that I've dated primarily in person. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's something that I, I have reflected on intuitively is, is there's there's something very distinctly different mm -hmm. with 
you know, the two people that I've ever been in love with. Mm -hmm. And it was just from the get go, like just an, a feeling yeah, and something you cannot verbalize, you mm -hmm. cannot describe it. And it's funny because some people will like even try to logically talk you out of like being with someone. Yeah. And it's just something, especially if it's like during hard times or whatever, but there's just something about it where, you know, yeah. you can't see the future yet. You can't explain it, but there's something that's relevant mm -hmm. or or aligned about that person, whether it's like for life or for this specific chapter, but you can't explain it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think we're very much drawn to certain people. Yeah. Um, and I and it, it's hard to verbalize why. It's mm -hmm. a feeling. I'm I'm very much into those feelings and I'm tr I try to um, respect them. Mm -hmm. They, for the most part, haven't really led me to the wrong path mm -hmm. in my life. Like there's been a lot of these strong ones. Definitely one of them was that dream I had. Yeah. And it, I felt like it truly um, guided me. And then, you know, another one again, when I made this big career change, I did this total 180. And that was another feeling where I, I knew it was, there was this disconnect. And I'm very mm -hmm. much about um, balance. <laughs> like, yeah. Balance is probably the greatest theme in my life. And I'm, I'm a Libra, so I can mm -hmm. even say I was born in the right month. But I, I need the right balance and um, it's a feeling more than anything. Mm. And I would say like my husband is very much where, I don't want to say opposites. We have some common ground, mm -hmm. but we're very much complementary. Like, would you say like kind of like yin yang? Very much. Okay. Like in so many aspects. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Almost anything we could talk about, we will probably have a different yes. viewpoint. But you complement each other and you notice that. Okay. Yes. That's something I've been yes. very reflective on too. Yeah. Because I've noticed when I've come across guys that are like a mirror of mm -hmm. me, maybe mm -hmm. because they're like a fellow entrepreneur and they're yeah. like very in the same space or whatever. And there's yeah. just something that's just we're we're a mirror of each other but then there's other people I've been with that are such compliment even friends mm -hmm. friends that are complimenting to me I notice it and I notice they bring out the better parts in me and then I notice I help them bring out things that they need that like it's just being with that person exactly brings that out that's in you exactly right. <laughs> you, you could I couldn't have worded it better very okay. much complimentary is is key for for me at least obviously yeah. I can't speak for anyone else but yeah because having a duplicate of myself wouldn't help things. I think that would be yes. <laughs> kind of a bit much. I don't think I could handle that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I I like to be kind of reined in when I'm just sort of like floating away in my mm -hmm. own little headspace. I need someone who's grounded, who's pulling me back, who's yeah. that rope and and who is gonna remind me of all those things I'm forgetting about because I, I get carried away. Right. And he does that every single time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's interesting too, because sometimes it's like that complimenting partner that grounds you in that way. Yeah. You know? Yes. And, and, and I think I do the opposite for him. He's so right. grounded that, right. you know, he needs, <laughs> he needs a little bit of that, you know, flightiness. <laughs> right. Right. To, yeah, it's that passion, like, like where I, I get so carried away in something I'm excited about yeah. that I'm kind of like dragging him with me on, on those adventures. Mm -hmm. So, so I would say it's a, I mean, for me, it feels like the perfect balance. Yeah. Which is, is such a, it's such a nice feeling. Is there any relationship, you know, like advice or anything that maybe someone back in your day had told you that you applied into your current marriage and partnership 
that you feel like is something you would want to pass down to other young mm -hmm. women or just something that you've learned on your own as well that is noteworthy, especially with the way people are dating today, you know, kind of keeping yeah. some core principles? Yeah, that's such a good question. Oh, gosh. I mean, I remember like the really old saying of don't go to bed angry at each other. Right, right. <laughs> that, I mean, I, I would say that if you want to update that phrase, mm -hmm. what I would say is not that you shouldn't go to bed angry at each other. I just think communication is mm -hmm. really the golden key to everything. If you can learn to communicate with each other, and we each have different ways of communicating, right? right? right. So it's not just communicating, but it's how you're communicating and understanding their types of communication. Yeah. And also, you know, things that are important to them versus what you find important. Learning to find that common ground is is pivotal. It's key. Mm -hmm. Being able to communicate because I, I wasn't naturally a great communicator when I was younger. I mm -hmm. never had those skills. I wasn't really given them and I had to learn it the hard way. It was hard for me to really mm -hmm. figure out how to express how I was feeling. Yeah. Um, yoga helped a lot with that because mm. how do you express something you don't even understand is happening within yourself? Right. So learning how to tune inward and notice, observe my thoughts and my feelings and my emotions without necessarily acting on them or even judging them mm. was just kind of mind blowing. And I was able to kind of be like, aha, that's what's bothering me. That's it. Not this other thing that I've kind of been blaming it on. Yeah. That's not really it. Yeah. I'm just using it. Yes. But it, that's not it. I didn't even realize I was doing that. And so it's been really pivotal, like, you know, so, sort of that meditation, that tuning inward of just being mindful yeah. and understanding like how we tick. Yeah. I mean, it's a constant work in progress. Mm -hmm. It does not end and it doesn't really get easier. Yeah. It does get a little easier. Yeah. But learn how to communicate with yourself mm -hmm. so that you can communicate with other people better. Mm. It's it's really, and it's not just relationship, you yeah. know, like with your partner, your spouse, it's with every relationship, right. your right. friends, your family, your kids, your work yeah. you know, relationships. So finding a way to get to that inner peace within yourself. Finding a way to kind of really be honest with yourself, yeah. like how you're feeling mm -hmm. and what you're thinking, just being able to be honest with yourself and accept yourself, even if you don't like what you're hearing, right? so that you can at least not, you know, take it and kind of dump it on someone else the wrong way for the wrong thing. Right. Because it's going to make every other relationship better if you the one with yourself mm -hmm. starts out strong. Yeah. Right. That's so true. I mean, that's why I'm, I'm such an advocate for personal growth yeah. and, you know, whatever activity helps you be mindful, whether it's a morning walk, mm -hmm. um, you know, meditating, yeah. journaling, yeah. all of the above mm -hmm. yoga. Right. So, I, you know, I love to do that because I've found that it helps me get clarity in my thoughts and where I'm at. And then, yes, to be able to articulate that to people I'm working with or, you know, I'm in a relationship with, with my friends, whatever. So, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. My, my daily walks are probably, I would say my daily walks with my dog and Aww. my time in the shower yeah. for some reason yeah. is when I really have like these breakthroughs and yeah. I just have that. It's, it's when I'm the most mindful and when I'm the most honest with myself, when I just set aside that time to really just connect inward. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had probably the most eye-opening realizations on those walks or yeah. just standing in the shower like, yeah. 
oh my god right (laughs) yeah no I've heard that from a lot of you know especially fellow creatives or founders too they just have the most random you know groundbreaking ideas just in the shower and I know someone I forget it might have been Seth Godin but he Mm -hmm. I think someone has like a whiteboard in the shower and they actually (laughs) write it down right away or so forget I should get yeah or something that's like waterproof so I've heard that before I should definitely get that yeah yeah a lot happens in the shower (laughs) all right well one last question something I ask everyone on the show but in reflection of everything your journey and being a mom and you know your practice with wellness and mindfulness what would you say ultimately fulfills you Mm, in life that's such a good question I think for me the answer has to be balance Mm. for me everything boils down to balance um I very much crave it mm-hmm. in every aspect of my life. When it's when there isn't balance, when I'm lacking it, yeah. I notice it and I try to self-adjust sometimes without realizing it. Mm. Um, but there's this kind of peace, this inner peace, this outer peace when it's there mm-hmm. that I can't replicate in any other way. Yeah. And it's just that it feels right. Yeah. So that would be my short answer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that balance for me too. just having that equilibrium to come back to you feel that once again, that like internal feeling, it just just feels right. Not that everything's going right in your life. Exactly. But it just feels okay. Yes. Because the balance is there. Yes. It's okay. Yeah, you'll know, you know, it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be okay. Yeah. If you have that balance. And if it's not there, even if everything's going well, it's still, it, yes. it doesn't feel right. Yes. Right? Oh, it's so funny that you say that because even even for me in, in um, like the end of like last fall and winter, I remember just certain things, even though everything in my life was going well, something just felt off. Mm-hmm. And I was, yeah, I mean, definitely trying to resolve it internally and then externally. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's funny how that works. Yeah. Very much. Very much. <laughs> Getting it back to equilibrium. <laughs> Always always making our way back. Amazing. Well, where can everyone find you? Share your Instagram, your app and, you know, where, you know, they can find your practice and all that. Yeah. So my Instagram is Riva G with a few underscores in there. So it's R-I-V-A underscore G underscore. Mm -hmm. Um, My app is Renew with Riva. And you can also find me on my website, which is Riva G Yoga. So wherever you are, find me and say hi. Yay. I will link that in the show notes and they can find you there as well. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And that was all for today's episode with Riva G, founder of wellness app Renew with Riva. If you are interested in checking it out, it is linked in the show notes and definitely follow her on Instagram and all of her fun wellness tips. And before you head out, don't forget to check out all of the merch, including the best-selling card game and daily journal, which you can find at whatfulfillsyou.com along with the hoodie and all of the other fun stuff. And you can get 10% off with the code whatfulfillsyou10 at checkout. Again, that is all linked in the show notes. And I just always love seeing you guys wear the merch or play the card game with friends, wine night, date night, whatever that looks like. So thank you again so much for supporting What Fulfills You. That is all for today. I will chat with you all next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.